What do all the great dynasties of mankind have in common? They weren't built in one day. What do all the great fantasy football dynasties have in common? They were drafted in one day. Our focus today is dynasty leagues. We're going to be talking about some strategies for how you start up your dynasty, what you should be looking to do at each position. And we um, got to talk about the draft. Because it happened. Oh, right. You guys took the words right out of my mouth. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with my brother, Scott. Hola. And my Fitzbo, Tom. Hey, everybody. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, geez. Tom's voice is uh, Worked a long day down oh, in the coal right. mill today. Huh, it's a little Tom? better now. Uh, <laughs> I did karaoke yesterday. and uh, You sound like you You sound like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I went for it. Which is funny. I went for it. <laughs> hey, Tom. <laughs> Tom's Give me the saxophone. <laughs> Tom's longest performance in the history of music, right? Uh, oh, he beat was, Bruce Springsteen. I'm so. sure, yeah. They, they were lining up around the block. <laughs> uh, to so, leave. <laughs> so, uh, so Tom's going to be playing through the pain today, uh, for those of you. You've been forewarned. Uh, but we got some important stuff to talk about. The NFL draft has happened. It did happen. So we do have to talk about it. Yes. Um, hopefully you got the joke about the, uh, the off-season acquisitions episode that posted last week. Uh, we did that one before the draft started. Now that we've kind of had some time to figure out where everybody's landed, uh, we're kind of ready to go. We're ready to talk about some of these impact players. And by the way, we got through pretty cleanly. I don't know if we want to just bring it up now, but... None of the free yeah. agents got signed until we <laughs> yeah. came back on. So I thought we I thought that was yeah. pretty good timing yeah. at us, but CJ Anderson with uh the Panthers now. Yeah, so the the news just broke about 15 minutes before we started to record. So let's start there. Um CJ Anderson to the Panthers. We kind of knew that they were going to try to get somebody to run alongside Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Um you know, I think this is like we said it's kind of a predictable move that the Panthers were probably going to end up making regardless. Uh but the fact that they've made it now where does that put C.J. Anderson? I don't even. They kind of just got another Jonathan Stewart, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that he's going to pro- probably function in the same role, yeah. get around the same amount of touches, and uh, you know it will be kind of business as usual. I thought McCaffrey yeah. towards the end of the year started to earn more carries, so we'll see how that plays out. But you know, C.J. Anderson looking like he's going to get at least ten to fifteen carries a game. They really just didn't have the depth, right? They only had Cameron Artis Payne and Christian McCaffrey. Right. So, and Christian McCaffrey's still going to, oh my gosh. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's still going to be catching so many passes. So, yeah. as a PPR guy, he's fully. He's he's already good. Like yeah, you're right. good to go. You're not worried about that. Yeah, he's no. got he's got baked in value. Yeah, McCaffrey. The only no thing question. is, is that you know his upside might be shaved off the top a little bit, just a little, because he's not going to get as many carries. I, I'm interested to think about like what the Panthers told C.J. Anderson in this meeting, like because he's coming off his first ever thousand yard rushing season. He you know he's he looked great. Was really one of the bright spots of the of the Broncos offense that really did nothing in the noodle arm Peyton year yeah. and the two years since. So um, you know we'll see how it goes. Like I said though, I th- or I think we're all in agreement. This is still Christian McCaffrey's backfield, and C.J. Anderson is renting a room in it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so we so we are going to get to some of the impact rookies. We're looking at everything through the lens of dynasty leagues this year. It's the league where you keep everybody for Ever. the entire time, and as long as the league is continuing, and as long as your 
that player is playing, they should be on your roster unless you cut them or trade them. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, Dynasty Leagues, they do one startup draft. Then you have the rookie draft every year after you've selected you know, the bulk of your team. So we're going to take a look at the rookies. For those of you who are just doing rookie drafts in your Dynasty right. League, we've got 10 rookies. Um, we could start with not the, really in uh, any order. The Panthers guy, right? Right. Might um, as well. We just talked yeah. about them. Might as well talk about their receiver. So they go up. They, the first wide receiver taken is DJ Moore from Maryland. The one receiver that we didn't talk about in the rookie special, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, so it was a bit of a surprise to all of us uh, here at the Ruts Studio. But uh, this is a great spot for him because you know, besides Funchess and an aging Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey, like they needed another receiver, right? And they you have know Curtis Samuel, but yeah. I mean, right now, oh my God, dude, I can barely speak. Yeah, it, it's uh, you're struggling. It's bad. You just l- rummage up the strength, and, and we'll come back to okay. you. But uh, <laughs> um, Curtis Samuel, like they want to use him, but I think he's been having some more health issues. Right now, with this whole off season to get right, right, he might be able to actually become an impact player in that offense. Right, I think yeah. that it's it was a really nice pick for. Carolina because you have your bigger like possession type of guy with Funches. Yep. And now Great Curtis, third down guy. Curtis Samuel is like your, you know, hopefully your Tyreek Hill type of flyer guy who just goes deep and does all that that type of stuff, those screens. And now DJ Moore is like this in between of that where he's more of an outside receiver, but he can he can cut it up too and really make some plays in the open field. So it was a good pick. He's not just your regular receiver, he's just a little bit more. more. Just a little. There you go. Um another wide receiver that I liked um, just because I feel like the team picked him because of his name, uh, the Cowboys get Michael Gallup, <laughs> which is what a horse does. <laughs> yeah, um, they do need. They did need a wide receiver so, desperately. Like, yeah, really badly. <laughs> How they waited till day three to pick one in the draft was they, a little surprising. <laughs> and they also kind of got like totally jobbed by Jason Witten, who waited until the draft uh, yeah. to tell him that he was leaving for Monday Night Football. Awesome career for Jason Witten, by the way. Yeah, some really great fantasy relevant years he turned in throughout his entire career. That's and he was a, a great fantasy. tight end without That's fantasy. Been a fantasy relevant position for a really long time too. that that tight end in the Cowboys it's going to be interesting yeah. to see who steps in right now they got Rico Gethers who played basketball at Baylor and was quite good I'm excited um but anyway Gallup I have an interesting stat on him let's hear it he uh, owns horses well he might but <laughs> has a functioning voice got the he, money now <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff on me I'll, I know that <laughs> this is what I've got on him he's got 24 missed tackles Tied for first among all draft-eligible wide receivers coming into the NFL. Very good. That's a stat that is just murdered by uh, Tate, Landry, these guys who are getting like Cooper short, Cup. quick possession right. uh, kind of passes thrown their way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, all he's really got to do is outdo Cole Beasley, who's been great or whatever. But you see that Dak can have that relationship with Cole Beasley, who's right. not, you know, an athletic freak. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is an athletic freak. Well, actually. yeah, actually, yeah, that's right. He yeah. can dunk pretty <laughs> yeah. easily. Yeah, he's just not. I shouldn't he say doesn't that. necessarily have like the measurables, right. like, what you would really look for when you're going out there shopping for a wide receiver. So right. if Dak likes that style of play, they could have a really good relationship yeah. together. Definitely. Yeah, I think the biggest competition for Gallup is going to be Marquise Lee. It, yeah. Like Beasley, it's, I think we we know what Beasley's going to do or, and what they're going to have him. Did I say Hearns? Oh Hearns, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Hearns, Alan Hearns. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that's yeah. a how is that? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, with that with that stat, it makes me think that Gallup is probably going to be more of an inside receiver than an outside. So they still have Williams and they still have Hearns, who are outside receivers. 
And, you know, Dak doesn't like to throw deep. He doesn't really throw that deep ball. He likes to throw those quick slants, those quick outs. And and you're right. If he's, if it's a missed tackle guy, they, they could be a good fit. It's a, good, it's a great guy to look at in Dynasty, yeah. I think. Yeah. We'll stay in the Cowboys division because the Giants proved all three of us wrong. We thought that they were going to trade the number two pick down, get some more assets. Uh, it turns out Dave Gettleman wouldn't even pick up the phone when he knew that other teams were calling him to make a trade to get one of these quarterbacks. He wanted um, Saquon Barkley that badly. And they got him, and I mean... Quote, I'm not trading, I'm drafting a Hall of Famer. That's what he said? Yeah. I mean... High praise. 300 touches. Go get him, kiddo. Time to eat. Yeah. That, I mean, first round, right? In the in fantasy drafts, he's well, going to be a first rounder. Yeah, and I think that the... I mean, maybe not first, but like maybe maybe that front end second. I don't think he goes past... Dynasty? Pick 15. I don't think he goes past, past pick 15 in any draft. At yeah, regardless of all year. In, in rookie drafts, he should be the one on one. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No question. Yeah. But I think one of the best things for Saquon that happened in the draft is they went and drafted an offensive guard in the second round. And it was not, you know, it wasn't pick 60, it was pick 34. 33 or yeah. 34, you know? So this was a fir- this is a first round talent that they got to play right next to Nate Solder, who they just signed from the Patriots, who was another great offensive lineman. The Giants' offensive line is not going to be what it was last year. It's yeah. going to be better. For starters, they probably don't have to start Eric Flowers this year. Right. Exactly. So rejoice, Giants fans. Yeah, that would be nice. Or maybe move him off a tackle to a guard or something yep. like that. But it's going to be a different look for them, and I think that's so big for Saquon. Big for Odell, too. I mean, if he's yeah. going to be this running back, you know, you've seen, like, Odell can take a, you know, decaying Eli Manning and make him a fantasy relevant quarterback and keep his relevance as one of the top five wide receivers. So, um, I mean, the Giants made the playoffs running quick slants to Odell for (laughs) a full year. Yeah. (laughs) I think it actually enters Eli Manning into the streamable quarterback conversation. Sure. Love it. He was securely out of last year. Oh yeah. Last year he was firmly out of, and you're right. You know, he's always been good enough, you know, and he'll be entirely matchup dependent and it'll cost nothing, but he'll be free. Um, lots, lots more running backs to get to Darius Geis. Uh, there were some reports that he told teams that he was planning on kneeling for the anthem and that, uh, ended up, I think, swaying some teams and some of the other comments he's made while in his time at LSU, uh, he slips badly, badly, ends up in Washington and, you know, they got Chris Thompson, they got Samaj P. Ryan, who had tons of fumbling issues as rookie here and really was only started because of necessity with Robert Kelly and with Chris Thompson being hurt. So, I think Geis has a really good opportunity to be a starting yes. running back both for Washington and for teams that end up getting him in in fantasy drafts this year. It's going to be interesting to monitor his value and where he's going yeah, in drafts. Yeah, for sure, his ADP. Because I think he's the 102 in a rookie draft. Really? Yeah. Talent-wise, wow. absolutely. And then I think... It's going to be, you know, you think about that, that's high praise, right? Sure is. But I don't know where that's going to go in redraft leagues, right? right? He could be in like the fourth round. And just the opportunity that he'll have, I'm interested in it. Um, I'm going to monitor his value. And if I can get a good deal on the guy, uh, there's nothing stopping me. You guys have really sold me on him. We were talking pre-episode about him. And, uh, you know, you're talking about it. We were talking more about his opportunity. And then I was starting to think of just like how he runs and how like Pirine's just like one of those big type of plotters where 
guys just gets after you you know he wants to run straight through you he runs like a he runs angry and it's a different style than they have in thompson and pirine and the kind that could just be taken over games type of thing right and another knock that i brought up when we did the uh the draft preview episode was darius geis's hands were not like what people considered like up to snuff for mm-hmm. a draft eligible running back but guess what probably doesn't have to do that now with chris thompson he'll have you know a couple of years alongside chris thompson you'd have to assume to develop those skills yeah i think that that could be that could help create a monster in darius and nothing better than a guy coming in alex smith also great great at giving it to the running backs all his running backs have always been good yeah there's going to be less passing attempts now that it's alex smith and not Kirk. but what i was thinking is you know when guys slip in the draft and they're not supposed to it starts it, you know. It starts them off Chip on, on that. Shoulder. And if it's a guy who's running angry, yep. who's playing angry, just keep fueling that fire. Yep. Just keep fueling Darius Geis's fire, and yep. his ADP will keep going up. Uh, let's talk now about uh, Ronald Jones. Sure, I, I love. I think that this is this my is a big time pick. This was this is my second pick in in the um, the dynasty rookie draft. Yeah. I, I think that his opportunity is just incredible. I think that. Um, also, just from the dynasty perspective, you have an incredibly young quarterback and an incredibly young receiver that are going to be cornerstones, and he's going to be the third. You know, so he is set up. He, he has went two. to Tampa Bay, right? Ronald Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went okay, to we hadn't mentioned that yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sorry. Yes, he's he's on Tampa Bay. My bad. Um, they have two great blocking tight ends, Cameron Brait and OJ Howard. So like, this is set up for him to just come in and cut it up. Then there's not really a lot of competition. I think Peyton Barber will be there to spell him at best. And I love him. I think that the you know he has a very high ceiling. Some pretty great expectations for uh, for Ronald Jones. No from question, Scotty. he'll be counting on Brait to yeah. block for his ass, maybe. Absolutely. I think I think it's a good spot for him. It was a running back needy team. Yeah, I mean we we had identified Tampa Bay as yeah. like the running back that gets drafted there because we knew they were going to take one. Basically, maybe they were huge. one of those teams that got a little scared from Geis because. Yeah. You know, you you had said in the rookie episode, like I think Tampa Bay is going to pick Geis. I yeah, think that was make my, I was trying to call my shot, and there. he's going to pick him. But you know, maybe that's it, and their next maybe their next mm-hmm. available guy. I really think Jones. He's been compared to Jamal Charles just off his his speed and and vision and cutting ability. I think he's going to come in and be really good. Yeah, Tom. Anything you wanted to do to wrap up uh, Ronald Jones? Nah. No. Okay. Um, so, I like him. So nah. we talked about it. The first Georgia running back that was drafted was Sony Michelle to the New England Patriots. It was Sigh. A, yeah. The Patriots. There was a report that they were the team that leaked that he had knee issues, so that he would they would fall to him, and they actually ended up trading back into the. Fir- no, they didn't. No, they used both of their they, first yeah, round. They picks, used both of their, first which picks. they hadn't done in a long, long time. Cool. And cool not on a story about that. They drafted. A offensive lineman from Georgia, and Sony Michelle roommates at Georgia. Wow, yeah. pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Do you think Sony Michelle knew like when they drafted the lineman, like, oh, I'm next? That would be awesome. They're gonna right? take me too. Or they told the lineman to yeah. like call him, like, dude, they're gonna pick you. Yeah. But I don't know what his outlook is. Obviously, this is a New England running back we're talking about. Guys. Right. This is he's he's getting thrown into a mix that is. You know, blended up more so than maybe ever before with Hill and Burkhead and White and now him. It's and Gillisley. And Gillisley. You know, is is Brandon Bolden still on the team? Probably, right? He's always got a jersey there. It seems he's always like. around. So there's just so there's so many guys. But you gotta think that if it's New England and they're taking a guy in the first round, a running back in the first round. You know, it makes me think that he's gonna be used. He's yeah. got he's gonna be used. See the 
what people get wrapped up on is that, you know, it was a first round pick, right? So they think that he's going to be really important for fantasy, but that's not necessarily the case, right? No. So he's going to be important to the Patriots. Right. He might be a very, you know, crucial part of their operation, but that just doesn't automatically make you a fantasy success. However, in Dynasty, he becomes a very interesting option because oh, yeah. we have to assume that at some point, Tom Brady is going to retire. And because of that, I think we have to assume that that offense is going to look a lot different when he does. So they may be taking Sony Michelle. Hey, maybe the knee issue is real and he just needs a red shirt year to kind of get right. Well, so be it. They have enough running backs. They've got Brady. They've got Gronk coming back. Like They've got Edelman coming right. back off of injury. They can afford to take this step, maybe get to, get themselves to another Super Bowl, get Brady out on the right foot, and then they say, okay, we, we'll get our quarterback in this upcoming draft, we'll and we've got Sony Michelle ready for him. Well, it's funny you say that because they drafted uh, Braxton Berrios, who's like a Julian Edelman clone. Right, yep. So it is like they're like setting up for the Patriots too. Right, yeah, yeah the 2.0 version. <laughs> yeah. But I just can't wait to see the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who he is, but he's a lucky man. It's probably yeah. going to be that dude from West Virginia, Nash Greer or, Smith? Smith or whatever. Whoever Smith, ends yeah. up on the roster, Belichick will make it work. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, Gino Hall of Famer if he's in New England. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Moving that, on. That's <laughs> a take. That's a take. We gotta we gotta clip that and just play it back in case we need something uh, on Tom to not keep his head from getting too big. <laughs> uh, going to a team that Tom was really excited for them to draft a running back, and the guy that they ended up getting was really cool. Royce Freeman from Oregon goes to the Broncos to be the C.J. Anderson replacement. Now, they've got Devontae Booker, but he really did nothing last year except, you know, underperform and then get hurt. Right. So, you know, Royce Freeman's got an opportunity here. Yeah, a sneaky big one. And yeah. the crazy thing is, is when you're talking about the redraft value of the ADP of these guys, is one of these guys is going to be the last one. You know what yeah. I mean? One of these guys who are, of these guys that we're talking about, guys, whoever, the hype is going to get really high on certain guys. For sure. And then the hype is going to kind of stay low on other ones. Mm -hmm. And the stay low candidates are really going to be on an awesome value because a lot of these opportunities I see similarly. No question. You know? And yeah. there's a lot of new faces over there, Case mm. Keenum. So it works. everyone's going to be much. learning it together yeah. with him. So there's a lot of reasons that would support this being a big fantasy impact. And there's a lot of reasons that support, you know, Geis is, you know, a little sexier of a pick. Right. But if it's a difference of three rounds of uh, cost. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Give me this guy. Yeah, this bet. could be, sure. this could be, you know, that diamond in the rough type of value steal of the draft. It's like you said, the hype train, you know, is going to dictate it entirely how everyone yeah. perceives that his value is going to be. But no team in the NFL lost more running back touches than Denver, basically, with how, with how much Anderson ran the ball, right? And then you think, like, okay, well, Anderson was crap. 245. Right. So that's a huge number. Huge. It's not like that's not all going to Devontae. He Booker, doesn't deserve it. just right. rushing attempts. So and, if you get targets he, in there, and, it's yeah. a possibility. Is there's a chance of a three hundred? And, and Freeman guy. played on Oregon, so this is a spread offense. You know, he can catch the ball. It's not like it's not his strong suit, but yeah, but he <laughs> can catch the ball. And then, like you know, like I was saying, you know, everyone everyone's thinking of Freeman. They'll probably think of him exactly like C.J. Anderson. They'll think of him as C.J. Anderson, and that's not the case this year because the Broncos team obviously is very different. They yeah. have Case Keenum and not whatever they tried to throw at quarterback last year. So I think that. All of that working together it really helps Freeman a lot 
but we'll see how many touches he's going to get. You know, that's yeah. a, that's the big thing. Is is he going to break Booker down to the point where Booker's washed out? Right. All I right. think he might. Yeah. I think it, I think it could happen too. Uh, one more running back to talk about. This was the surprise of the one of the surprises of the first round. The Seahawks taking Rashad Penny, who many people had as like a second, third round grade kind of guy. They take him at the back end of the first round. Um, a great spot because for whatever reason, they just don't believe in Chris Carson. No. Um, you know, he did have a pretty, you know, serious injury. And so, you know, we're wishing him a full recovery, but no Rawls. JD McKissick was serviceable, but just not Pro-size quite there. should be coming back, but just in time to get hurt again. Right. Yeah. Um, so Rashad Penny, I mean, Pete he's, Carroll has he's a said young guy. like twice, three times, two reporters already, like, Rashad Penny is going to be a three down back. Like he, this is like great. Like, okay, great. He's a three down back. The problem is he's a three down back on Seattle who has no offensive line does not seem like they have much of a defense and maybe behind in a lot of games this year, which is yeah. a little crazy to see, but even if they're not behind it's it's going to be the Russell Wilson show. Right. So it makes me think that Penny is like, he's in that, he's in that flex range. For yeah. Me. He's yeah. a better dynasty asset. I think than a redraft asset this yeah, year. I agree with um, that. There's just no offensive line, which you already hit on. Like they can't even protect Russell Wilson, who is their entire team. So now to try to add that it's good luck to them is my point. Agreed. Um, they want to go back to running the football. They want to be, you know, the heir apparent of the Marshawn Lynch era. They want to go back to that, but, it doesn't just happen with a running back. It takes no. a lot more. No, yeah. so, it takes a full team. Um, once they do assemble all that, I mean, he'll have a good chance. But right now, Seahawks running backs have been just as confusing as Patriots running backs, yeah. right? Like so, I could see my I could see myself taking him in dynasty. I don't at this point. I don't see myself having him in any of my. If you were games. in a dynasty uh, rookie draft and you had running back needs, but you don't have like a really high pick. Like this is a guy at the back end of the first round yep. that you can take and hopefully, you know, it pans out. Yeah, yeah. true. Uh going back to receiver, one of our guys. I would say that the two guys that we spent the most time talking about in that NFL draft preview episodes were Josh Rosen and Christian Cook. And those dudes are on right. the same team now. Um, and that's uh, gonna oh be God. awesome. How awesome we, was that when the picks came in? I was so pumped. We were talking about like nine you know, mistakes were made ahead of him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Chip That's on our your boy. Shoulder. That's yeah. our you boy. You want to talk about a chip on your shoulder. Rosen is mad. Yeah. And he has a really good chance to get out there this year. So I, mean, with I Sam agree. Bradford. If Mike he's going to have that attitude and be, and be ready to and work that hard. Like, think, absolutely. Think about this. He's also. And he's playing behind. Like the guy he's playing behind. Take it for what he's <laughs> worth. He's the most accurate passer it, like in NFL history. Yeah. yeah. So there's something to be said for that. I get he only plays three or four games. Maybe he only needs to spend three or four hours with Josh Rosen <laughs> to uncork something completely special. Who knows? Well, and with the coaching regime change over there, um, you're gonna when you do that, like you wanna you know, punch the biggest guy in the face in jail or whatever, right? right? <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna do like if he the, punches Sam Bradford in the face. <laughs> Sam Bradford may never see the field again. <laughs> I don't mean that. I mean as a from a coaching decision yeah. standpoint, like go with something a little risky, something a little sexy, yeah. you know, get yeah. the people going. Yeah. You start this Josh is Rosen. Get the people going. Yeah. Oh, you start in week one? No, I don't know about week one, but you know. He's going to play. You give him the keys. The, and the, and the, the timer is ticking down. So now Josh that Rosen. we've spent all of our time on Christian Kirk talking about Josh Rosen, let's yeah. <laughs> transfer over to Christian Kirk, who has an equally incredible 
Yeah. Opportunity. Just go learning learn. from the greatest receiver, yeah. Yeah. the greatest human being that the NFL has ever offered us. Yeah. He gets to work under him with Rosen at quarterback in this, you know, building up. This is like a dynasty Tutty Buddy connection. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you were going to do one, that is, that is one. And to do. it's an amazing one, it's, right? It's not out of the question that both of these guys are available, like, oh, great at values. the turn great of the values. first and second round. You could go Rosen. Christian Kirk, and I mean, you know, Christian Kirk, if he proves himself enough, he he's going to be out on the field regardless of the fact that, oh, he's probably going to be best suited in the slot, but that's so, what Larry Fitzgerald is. So if you can ball, you're going to be out on the field. So even having Larry Fitzgerald still on the team, the team that yeah. most lost the most targets from last season, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. So. No Jerron Brown, no J.J. Nelson, no John Brown. So we're talking almost 300 targets and that they lost Jays. last season. So <laughs> yeah. many of them gone. So much confusion. David that we Johnson don't have to worry back. About. Yeah. And David Johnson. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting there. Yeah. Four four Jays in first names gone from Arizona. That's a yeah. That's a big I move. think it's gonna end up being addition by subtraction. Yeah. Those guys just never really. None performed. of them did anything. And now Kirk's gonna come in. Yeah. and I think he's gonna kill it. All right. We got one guy left, and there's some controversy attached to it. Uh, Scott's uh, one of Scott's plum picks was was Pettis Dante Pettis Dante Pettis yes he goes call to, him by his full name show him some respect I kind of might have forgot it <laughs> um, but that was because I was still practicing saying who I thought should have been the tenth guy on our list Equinemius Imhotep J St Brown um, my argument think, is the only reason Don <laughs> put St Brown on the list is so he could say the name and now he has but you know who said his name. The Green Bay Packers, but they said it a little too late. Round. Yes. Um, they took wide receivers that weren't him before him. Yes. So as much as I was excited to see that he went there, once you like actually look at it, you step back, you kind of realize that he's not prioritized. He's going to be right. in a fight for your spot role. Yeah, he's he is a bit of a mountain to climb, but like – the opportunity it will definitely be there. The good thing is, is that one of the guys they drafted before him is like like a burner. You know, it's not like his role. Yeah. So that kind of helps him a little bit, but you know, he's behind the eight ball. Whereas Dante Pettis, in my opinion, comes into an offense where Pierre Garcon. Ha- it doesn't seem like he's scored a touchdown since I don't even remember. Possession guy, anyway. All the so, way through, right? Yeah. And and Marquise Goodwin, who who we love and I think is a great deep threat doesn't really score that many touchdowns either. So he walks into a great opportunity where there's a lot of there's a lot of touchdowns to be had with Jimmy G and nobody really to go out there and get them. Yeah. And this guy all he did in his college career was get touchdowns on punt returns, on deep passes, on you know, snaking around the field. I, I just think that his opportunity to score touchdowns is very high. And those are worth a lot in fantasy. They're they're worth more than anything else you can get. <laughs> I just think like I think for me, I think St. Brown is the guy I could dynasty wise because I just think that he's going to be the guy. He was expected to go a lot earlier than he did. And there were a lot there was a lot of concerns about, you know, his circle and everything like that and you know, if you get a guy and you stick him in Green Bay, like there's a lot of those distractions like aren't going to make it that far up north. And that's kind <laughs> of the right thought I'm thinking. <laughs> also, I mean, granted, Pettis, great position. Jimmy Garoppolo, got to love it. Equinemia St. Brown, the last four to five years of Aaron Rodgers' career, not bad. I think that's pretty good, too. And yeah, I mean, um, speaking I, of touchdowns lost, they lose Judy Nesson, who yeah. scored like 90 touchdowns over the past. I mean, I'm rooting years. for the guy, but when you just give, given all that we know now, 
the, the percentage odds are just lower. Yeah. And that's, I'm just playing the numbers. Other so two, me. Yeah. <laughs> other two wide receivers the Packers traded because uh, we did want to. I know you guys probably would want me to mention it. Jamon Moore from Missouri and Marquez Valdez Scantling, another great name. That is a great yeah. name. Um, from South just, Florida. We could just be fans of his now. So they take, th- <laughs> like, the Packers take three of them. Like, I feel like one of those guys will. They did get rid have of Janice, something. too, so. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> RIP to a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Hall of Famer. And that's your Jeff Janice update <laughs> for this week up front at the score. Um, we have, uh, yeah, so that's, so that's it. We um, made it. In terms of the <laughs> we picks. Did it. But some very fantasy relevant trades were made uh, during the draft as well. Let's start with the big one. Martavis Bryant goes from Pittsburgh to Oakland, he's free. Um, he will be going to Las Vegas the year after that. Um, Lots yeah, of that's good. There. Yeah, yeah, that should that's be a fun. good spot that's for him. Probably going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Gruden. <laughs> um, he is young. If we're still talking dynasty, right? But he is problematic. If we're still talking dynasty, yeah. so there's a risk to him. I think as likely to lead the Raiders in fantasy touchdowns. points as he is to be out of the league. I think he's a great touchdown candidate. The great same way we candidate. were just talking about Absolutely. Pettis. I think uh, we already know Martavis Bryant is capable of that. Right. And they lost so many uh, red zone targets by losing Michael Crabtree. There you go. I was and Amari Cooper still can't catch in the red zone? Well, he's going to lose his red zone anywhere, carries. Actually. <laughs> yeah, true. He does point. not catch the ball very well. <laughs> he's going to lose his red zone targets, not because he's not on the team, just because he doesn't deserve them. Okay. That's, you know, like, that, I think that that's uh, I'm finally ready to admit that Amari. Cooper I'm so stinks. happy that you are. <laughs> I finally got there, guys. He's um, going to go off now. <laughs> no, I think, um, Tom, you had a really interesting poll. Yeah, we ran we a made. poll on Twitter. Um, who's going to be the highest scoring uh, wide receiver on the Raiders between Cooper, Nelson, and Martavis Bryant? It's very easy to me. To, un- to say that Martavis Bryant has a much better chance of leading it than Jordy Nelson does. Yeah, well, Amari Cooper won the poll by 2% That's higher the pick. than Jordy Nelson. That's everybody who picked Jordy Nelson didn't watch film. I know, only, six, I Jordy Nelson. only 16% of people chose Martavis Bryant. And I think there's a much larger than 16% chance that he actually is the highest scoring receiver in that offense. It's completely wide open i think at this point you know that's that's the thing that i picked jordy because i think that the red zone targets are going to go to him yeah because he's proven it throughout his entire career that if you just put the ball near him he can catch and he also you know Carr has that weird like escapability type of stuff that rogers does so that secondary route type of stuff yeah i think jordy's gonna actually have some success with that on the raiders i know you don't think so because your heart's still too torn from him not being with rogers my jersey's still burning too (laughs) i think because he's a good player it will actually make their fantasy outlook lower on all three. Yes. I didn't burn my Jordy Nelson jersey. It's going to be framed in my house. <laughs> He's coming back. Like, He's I, coming I, back. I, yeah, I owe that to him. Sorry. I, I, that was like not the joke I should have made. Anyway, um, you guys killed me for the Jeff Janis trade, and I also was going to tell you talk about the fact that the Raiders also traded for Ryan Switzer from Dallas. So That's huge. That's yeah, a big, big deal. Big move. He caught a couple passes. He took some. He <laughs> took some punt returns into the opponent's territory last year too. Wow, a lot of people forget about that because they don't care. Um, and that's you a probably grinder either. right there. But I, I did want to just bring that up because it's just another guy that Derek Carr can throw passes to. And one of the things that I was, I thought about the draft was, it's going to be impossible to tell who's going to get uh, points fantasy wise from the Raiders this year, unless you get Derek Carr. Right. And I feel like 
But with what Derek that, Carr did last year, I feel like if you're not going to trust him based on what he showed you last year, I get that too. I actually like Derek Carr a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, because the division is softening up defensively. And yep. that was always the thing I was scared with about him most. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, for sure. That, it's going to be. And they'll have a lighter schedule this year because they finished, what, dead last, I think, in the. <laughs> That's not a joke. I know no, the Broncos they're, did. That's yeah, well, they're not yeah. going to be but, good anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, so they're going to play two or at least two third place teams, and you know we'll have to take a look I, at schedule. You and have stuff. to pay attention to like the headlines from Gruden, but you know Gruden doesn't really peg me as a guy who would say something to the media and not mean it. You know, like he's always seems like he's been a, a straightforward kind of guy. He's still in Monday Night Football. He just mode. rants and raves about Amari Cooper. So I think if that keeps going, it's just something to pay attention to. It's just, just always the out, price. You know? right back in. Yep. And age, Amari Cooper is still very young. So yeah. dynasty-wise, an awesome asset. Yeah. yeah, I love him still, but he does. He was terrible last year. He'll go um, back. Maybe. Tavon Austin to the Cowboys. As a running Next. back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually think this could have sneaky fantasy relevance if you're allowed to use him as a running back. And if you are... And they also continue to use him in other ways, like as a wide receiver, basically. Then you're getting the ability to start a wide receiver at running back. Right. It's it's like Ty Montgomery. Yeah. You know when he first came on but to the scene. All of that has to line up for him to have fantasy success. Just relevance, yeah. I think, relevance. not even success. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, I mean, it's a long shot. Yeah. One it, of the one of the weirder first round picks ever. I feel like he always sneaks into like a DraftKings lineup of mine just because he's so <laughs> horribly cheap that like one time a year I'm like, you know what? They really. have bad punt coverage. <laughs> yeah. Like we yeah. Can, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, um, all right. So that'll do it for the trades. Uh, not as interesting in terms of like, like picks got traded a bunch, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But like, I feel like usually we kind of see a lot of players going around different places as well. It was well, such a big like, free agency yeah. period that. Yeah, so, all right, so now we're kind of at the uh, the big part of this week's episode. We're talking about Dynasty Leagues because I, I've kind of seen, like, more people getting into Dynasty it's Leagues. It's so hot right now. Um, it's combining, like, the camaraderie of that fantasy football league with, you know, the, basically, like, franchise mode and Madden yeah. to me. You know, it's like it's combining two things that, like, you know, a lot of people really love and, you know hats off to the people who have been doing them now for you know however many years i know i'm in a dynasty league or i'm not in one i know of someone who's been in a dynasty league for like seven years i know a guy um, yeah uh. so like that like to me that's pretty incredible that you would keep like the same guys and like you could imagine everything he did right yeah, <laughs> yeah but anyway, I, I think um, my 101 is DeAndre Hopkins. I know we're a little uh, divided on this. Yeah, I think we're three ways divided on this, right? My one-on-one is Odell Beckham. Yeah. Yeah, and see, I would go with Todd Gurley. Yeah, I mean... Those are one through three for everybody, though. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much be. your, your yeah. one through three based off of age. I think that, um, you know, the the research that I've been doing this year, I've had more of a dynasty focus as, as more people have been getting into dynasty leagues and stuff like that. Um I'm really looking at running backs in the early rounds that are in situations that I that I like and that I think are sustainable at least for, you know, the short term. Like who? Like I really, really like Todd Gurley, obviously. I think that he is in maybe the best situation of any running back in the league with McVay at coach, Goff at quarterback, the Rams seeming like they'll be, they'll do anything to be good. You know, they'll yeah. they'll amazing they'll make, defense. Yeah. You know, it's just like there's just so much going in the right direction for him that I feel like taking him at number one is just so steady in a league that 
typically has a ton of unpredictability. As you move down to like lower guys, like I really, I like, I love Derrick Henry. Yeah. I love Jordan Howard. Um, I really like uh, Ronald Jones, who we were talking about earlier. I think that he's a great guy. Some of those rookies are great picks, but those running backs in those really good situations are are what I that's like my been my main takeaway yeah. from my research. So, so Scott, you gave your case for Gurley. Tom, why don't you take you make your case here for DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I think it's a simple one. Really, is it's just he has a better quarterback situation than Odell. Yep, and a wide receiver has a longer career yeah. uh, than a running back of production and relevance so just those two things into account um deandre hopkins my number one guy yeah if you asked me last year it would not have been the same but yeah it it, it just is that way now i right. i would have laughed you out of the room if you drafted uh deandre hopkins number with the 101 one. yeah. in a dynasty startup last year which is interesting you because me out for taking Gurley. <laughs> yeah you know like, me and tom were having that conversation because i was i was asking him about who we would go with earlier and it it was like we said the same arguing points. Yeah, it's like, against well, each other. they've had just two years ago. They were really bad. Yeah. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it was like, what's so this girl? Was I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going with Odell just because, like, I mean, he's a game changing talent, and he's still 25. Granted, same age as Hopkins. Exactly, we got to throw that out there, like, because I, I like didn't realize that until yeah. you brought it up before we started recording today. Um, but I do think that, like, you know, the Giants, like, they do, we want to do right by Eli because I feel like they just feel like Ben McAdoo, like, ruined him last year. He screwed year. the pooch. Yeah. yeah that was and, bad. um, and I just feel like I can't believe they did that to Gino too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's pissed. One of Everyone. these days you're just never gonna <laughs> When you're in up New Gino York, again, everyone's just that's why the Giants have no fans. You man. go outside in New York and everyone's talking about Gino Smith. Yep. <laughs> Where is the he at? What happened? Issue. Yeah. Yeah. I was in New York this weekend. That's exactly what everybody what was on everybody's mind. I know. <laughs> yeah. I but know. um but anyway, like I just think that Odell, like, he's gonna find himself a situation, whether it's with the Giants or not, where he can be Odell Beckham Jr., that's this uber talented wide receiver that he is. No and, concern for the uh, the injury. I mean, you got to have concerns for everybody. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Todd Gurley was. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has been rock solid. He has, but but I mean, his quarterback has not been exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's so awesome, but that's he's that's part of the had risk. Two ACL yeah. surgeries, so and you saw how it could be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, I don't, I wouldn't like, like, I would give some thought to Gurley. I would give some thoughts to DeAndre Hopkins. I'd give some thought to David Johnson. I'd give some thought to Ezekiel Elliott as well. And so one of the things I wanted to discuss I think discuss there's is, even some other guys that um, I don't think are rated much higher that I think I would take, like, I think I would take Le'Veon Bell over DeAndre Hopkins. I don't yeah. think that their age disparity is more than maybe a year or two. And what, Le'Veon Bell does right now for the running back is position. Just absolutely incredible. Yeah. And even if he left the Steelers, I still think that he would be a superstar somewhere else. Yeah, yeah but he could get he's he's just so much more likely to be hurt in such right. a way that he's now non usable. Yeah. And that's and, the case, of course, for drafting wide receivers in the first round of yeah. dynasty leagues as opposed to running backs because of the injury factor. But to me, I feel like wide receivers performances can be so in flux throughout the course of you know a career yeah exactly and that's like saying i'm not gonna draft a running back like i'm gonna have running backs it just won't be you know what i mean yeah 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 right second second round of of that league you're probably gonna running i'm gonna get one (laughs) yeah i just and um, that's the thing is like once those elite level receivers who are young there's just a couple of them yeah there's a few and there are running backs that get the keys first day on the job yeah. every year 
So I want these guys to have a stable uh, team yeah. that I can build off of. All right. Fair enough. Right. It makes sense. Another thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, obviously you like the assets, the currency of fantasy football leagues has and always will be um, running backs and wide receivers. Yeah. So at what point then, though, do you need to start considering taking a quarterback and a tight end? And of course, for dynasty purposes, which ones are you guys looking at taking to set yourself up for the long-term if success you know me, of a dynasty league? The answer is never. never. Yep. You don't take them ever. Right. If I could, I would love to not even draft a quarterback and then like just pick one up yeah. uh, right before. You do that in a dynasty league too? I don't know. You can do it on some other stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of customizable uh, league platforms out there. Yeah. Uh, either way, um, I'm going to be waiting till the bitter end to draft those guys. A tight end who's young and not much hype surrounding him. George Kittle is probably who I'm targeting in most of those drafts. And quarterback-wise, I think I want to go old. Really? Uh, yeah. I think That's I'm, a good zig when, when they I'm zag. With him. I'm, I'm with Tom I think, on, I, on the old. I'm thinking about Drew Brees pretty heavily because I think there'll be an indicator once Tom Brady's taken and that yeah. will, you know, it'll be far down the line. But do you, you do think that Brady – with his age at entering his age 42 season is going to be taken before breeze. Yeah. Okay. Because there's no point in having breeze. If you're thinking longevity, you won't have it. So once that indication becomes available, then if, if it's still late enough that I want to get a quarterback, then yeah. I'll get breeze okay. and I'll have him for, you know, till the bitter end for me, the value is for, at the quarterback position. The value is going to have to show through so brightly that I can't ignore it. So, you know, if, Carson Wentz in the slips, you know, yeah. or you know, something like that happens, then I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to stay awake to the position and understand that basically once it gets past, you know, Rodgers, Wentz, Wilson, um, Rodgers, Wentz, Wilson, there's another W, Watson, Winston, and <laughs> Jimmy G, I don't really care too much yeah. because Rodgers, you'd have glory for five years and then the other guys are going to be in there for a long time. Yep. After them, I, I really don't care to the point where I, like, I'm like i I'm going Tom's path. I'm looking at guys like Case Keenum for free. Yeah, and, and then, I'm not drafting two quarterbacks or two tight ends. See, I, th- that's where we might differ. I might take a, I might, I like some of the younger quarterbacks. I'm a thousand percent going to take two quarterbacks. I like Josh Rosen. I might pick him and just stash him on my team, even yeah. though I know he's not going to play. Um, and then tight end, I've been giving tight end some thought, and I think I'll be one of the people that moves early on tight end. I think I will too, and I'm actually probably going to be one of the first people who moves on quarterback as well, um, because. Like you got it. Like to me, like I'm thinking, like okay, like am I really going to be stuck with, you know, Philip Rivers for the next three years? And that's not be awesome. a terrible thing, but <laughs> me and Tom like, both go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but I'd <laughs> rather have I'd rather have Russell Wilson than Philip Rivers. I'd rather have at what price though? That's a ten round price. Well, whatever so I need to do. This is what the question becomes: Would you rather have um, Philip Rivers and whoever you got because you waited? Right, so yeah. you're you're talking opportunity cost because you're giving up a chance at a guy who can play running back, wide receiver in those early rounds right. that are going to contribute forever. Yeah. So it's, do I want Philip Rivers and a stud, or do I want just the stud? Well, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on who you're drafting. Like in Give some cases, Bortles you're not taking 15. a stud. You're taking <laughs> Keenum in the 16th. Tyrod Taylor. I'll draft Tyrod Taylor for his. There's five games that he's going to play this year. I don't care. Like, for yeah. the five games. Yeah, it'll get me through half the year. We'll figure it out from there. I thought I was, by the way, just to go back to the to the 
draft preview episode, I thought I was going to be like super like edgy and like out there with my plum pick of Baker Mayfield. And then he goes number one overall. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, well, like he's definitely got hell? some, he's got some uh, dynasty value. He's got yeah, some plums for on him. Sh- for sure. Yeah. He's got some, I think all those, I, I really like Sam Darnold too. Yeah. I, I think don't he's expect gonna be a very any good of quarterback. It's just going to take one. a little while. Yeah. None of them are going to be day one starters in my opinion. No, me neither. But um, it's they will start. Yep. Sometime. Tight end, I brought this up with you guys before we started recording, and you guys were surprisingly agreed with me. I think I have <laughs> Travis Kelsey ahead of Gronk in terms of like my tight end rankings dynasty-wise. Yep. Yeah. Um, just yeah. more durable, possibly, in, just in terms of the future, better situation. Yeah. Ter- especially no, if does. Mahomes is going to work out the way that seemingly I everybody mean, if Brady, thinks he's if going Brady to. retires this year, where does that leave Gronk? We don't even know. Right. Tight ends can go you know, completely off the board and even be good tight ends yeah. in what we thought was good situations and do nothing like Martellus Bennett, like Jimmy Graham early in his Seahawks career, you know? So yeah. a, one quarterback can come in and change and change really everything. I, I mean, obviously for Gronk, it'd be tough to yeah. just ignore him, but um, Kels is, is locked in to a prime role, high target share right, and a great offense. Yeah. And I think it's, it's good that you brought up Jimmy Graham because I have guys like Ertz and Evan Engram ahead of Jimmy Graham. Yeah, uh, Evan Engram, because super young. Yeah, I, I David love, and Joku, super young, but kind of trendy. So like, he will cost you capital. Yeah, I um, think Ertz is my pick at tight end. Yeah. just I think his value is going to be perfectly set. You know, he's going to Kyle Rudolph fit into a spot. Kyle Rudolph is a good one too. You he's, know, he's a tutty monster. Yeah, he scores. Like he does score a lot. I really like Trey Burton a lot too. Right. That's, yeah. That's really second a, time uh, you've said that this show. A I think. future site. Um, pick for what he could be in that offense, but uh, yeah, I'm in on him. Yeah, Alakazam future site. I like all. I, uh, yeah, I sorry. It. I like all the uh, the cheap guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Like <laughs> the time you said, all of them. Like <laughs> time you said, George Kittle. I think that's a yeah. really interesting one. Um, Hunter Henry, maybe finally. How about um, Hayden Hurst, who got drafted from South Carolina, now will be on the Ravens. Uh, I don't know. They still have like Max Williams. They Two X's. It, it it's just like been a revolving door over there. Too yeah. many names. Yeah. I just yeah. I just don't know. I'm liking it's... Ben Watson on the Saints too. Yeah, well, but course. not for Dynasty. Yeah, but he's like hey, what 48 I'll, for a week. <laughs> why not use? Why not get him at the last pick? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, then don't even address other tight ends. You just then next year you just get a different one. You make other tight ends address <laughs> you as <laughs> sir. <laughs> I, I don't play that game yeah, anymore. I hear no. you. I'm learning. I'm. 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 It's a more hurt you, Tom. It's a, who's the tight end that like led <laughs> yeah. you to this? Jimmy this Graham on the Seahawks. The first season. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was terrible. Okay, fair enough. I was just like, there's got to. This has got to be coming from something because Tom wouldn't just all of a sudden he was going hate crazy tight ends. Really yeah, then, like he third really was. Round, I round. took him. Ugh. He was Not a second again. round pick when he was peaking with the Saints too, yeah. for sure. I, my, I took him in my head. Loved him. Russell Wilson would keep the ball. And then he'd look at if he can give it to Marshawn. And then if he couldn't, he'd pull it back out. And Jimmy Graham would be out in the flats. And those three doing that thing yeah. over and over again would just be unstoppable. That would be a fun mini episode idea to but, just do like fantasy situations that should have worked out. But yeah. Martellus Bennett with the Packers. Um, but anyway, um, we talk a lot about Tuddy Buddies, right? The wide receiver quarterback or tight end quarterback stat i just wanted to know like is that something that you guys are considering with your dynasty drafts coming up or is it kind of something that uh 
that you're just kind of like, if it happens, it happens, but I'm not looking, looking to do it. For me, it's a happens if it happens. Yeah, me too. But you know, there are some that I, that I like, obviously Rosen and, uh, Rosen and Kirk, which we were talking about earlier is, is pretty interesting. Um, Anytime, you know, it's it's about the the value at the quarterback, I think. Yeah. You know, however low you can get the quarterback. Of course, you'd love to have Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. But if you want to use two of your top three picks on, on Houston the same Texans, team, yeah. you know, then then go ahead and what do that. They but, stink. You know, but yeah. like one of the ones that I think is, is interesting is like, you know, you go get Marvin Jones in like the fifth, sixth round and then you get Stafford whenever you feel like it. That's like, I feel like that's a good dynasty. Toddy body combo, you're getting at least two or three, four years of solid production out of those yeah. two. Yeah, and that's just a good way to kind of like hoodwink a win. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's it's a it's kind of novel, but it is it does work. Yeah. Um and if you're a team that's like just trying to compete and try to like steal some wins, you're not maybe built perfectly, is a way to c- try to preserve the record I got to another some degree. Real, real sneaky one. Mariota, Corey Davis. Mm. Almost free and will be tied young. together forever. I'm not, sure how, I'm not sure how free that one will be, um, but it yeah, is true, good. True. How about Winston Mike Evans? I like that. Are you interested enough? It's expe- I bet that's expensive. I bet it's it's going to cost you yeah. your first round pick if you want Evans, basically. Yeah. Because um, he's in that DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham age range, too. Yeah. Yes. They were Sammy all taking Watkins. the same year. Um, Watkins Mahomes. Well, Tyreek Hill Mahomes. Well, Sammy Watkins is in that same draft class as well. Oh, okay. I, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mahomes is going to be interesting. Like, yeah, are you gonna, is he going to be like the fifth quarterback taken? The young quarterback st- with starting one game are going to be so interesting. The young quarterbacks yeah. will, will dictate it, you know, and and trying to tutty buddy with them is, is interesting. I couldn't imagine having a dynasty league where I start the same quarterback for like his years. career. It would be so. It's just not fun for me. I think I yeah. want to tinker <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think like you know. Every, I feel like every dynasty league you start, there's going to be a guy who's never done le- anything like this before, and so like you can relish in that, and you can be like, you can like take some take some shots in that first year when everybody's still kind of trying to get their bearings about you know what it is to be in a dynasty league because the dynamic is so different. Yep. Like trades are probably not going to happen happen as often. When they do, they're probably going to involve your picks in the rookie draft. You know, next summer. I think and the trades. Tight end. You know? I, I think trades will be pretty common, and yeah, and a tight end. I think, <laughs> I think everyone's going to draft two tight ends, and then this is why I this is what I would advise against uh, drafting them, and then they're going to try to trade them as an uh, a digi- oh my gosh as an additional as an additional <laughs> asset in the trade, right? So it'll okay. be like I'm sending you a low ball offer for a receiver, and I I'll offer a worse receiver and my extra tight right. end. Yeah. For, Why would I want to do that? Just um, like my my real like closing thoughts on just strategy in general. I think that early on, first maybe even three rounds, I'm picking running backs. Wow. Um, it seems a little bit of a bold strategy, but but there are a lot. To me, it's like if I can get one of these superstars in the first round, even in the first two rounds, and then my third one is like a guy like you know who knows maybe someone falls like a Derrick Henry or I reach for like a Ronald Jones or someone like that. Joe Mixon, and I'm just set up with three studs at that point. I think there's going to be guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds of wide receivers that are young, talented, yeah. in good situations that are going to be able to play, yeah. and I'll be able to start them for a long time. Yeah, I like. Um, we talked about this before. 
Like, I like the take that, Scott, you kind of brought this up about old guys. Like, you're not afraid of drafting them either. Nope, not because at all. think about it. Like, this is like, this is a dynasty. So you're going to be in it for a long time. Well, but guess what? Like, what does everybody want to do? Win the ship. Win baby. the ship. <laughs> so if you if you can go get a guy like Fitzgerald, like Tom Brady, like you know any of these any of these like older receivers, running backs who you think can still make a difference for your team, like why not go get them, gear up to try to win that first year, and then just see where the chips fall from there. You know, like irresponsible. Of course it is. But it's like uh right, but so is committing to value. you know keeping you to, the same guys on your fantasy team for the next million years. You have to set a, a bar, I think, you know, of where that line is, you know, where and it's it's obviously a round line. At some point, Tom Brady for you is just gonna fall too far. You know, yeah. if he falls to like almost double digit rounds, it's like, all right, I'll just pick Tom Brady. Like, really? Like, he's going to fall this far? And the thing that I really like about it is what I was talking about with you guys before. Um, playing the long game is you can you can take those older guys and still play the long game, trading them to people throughout the year. Maybe as more people get closer to the playoffs, some guy's receiver goes down. He's like, hey, I got Larry Fitz. I'll get you through the rest of the year. Send me your first round pick next year or something like that. And that's how you can still use those old guys to build for the future. Right. Yeah. And it is tough, though, yeah. to, to assume that a trade will be accepted. But to your own strategy before, when you have a good stable of running backs, those guys are always uh, on the table. Yeah. People will always answer right. the call mm-hmm. if you're trading a running back. So using those two things together might prove successful. Yeah. Tom, any last thoughts that you wanted to share? Or have we kind of covered everything you wanted to? Can um, you even get through another sentence? I was sentence? just going to say, I don't have much <laughs> left in me, man. Yeah. Uh, I did start to, you know, find a good rhythm here. Yeah. Though. I haven't uh, died yet. Yeah. But um, for me, I'm keeping the rest of my secrets uh, close to the chest. Yeah. So you got a draft coming up too no, soon. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I do have a draft coming up really soon. It's a dynasty startup. So uh, a lot we of We are very excited to see that team. Yeah. I can't wait way. to see the um, draft I'll board. actually be able to post all that stuff um, next week, one week to two weeks. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, that'll do it for our dynasty preview episode. We will be uh, back next week. Not sure what we're talking about yet, but it'll be something that will help you get it'll ready good. for fantasy football. And of course, it'll be good. Uh, lots of jokes around. And of course, our weekly Jeff Janice update. Because uh, we can't go a day without mentioning the most relevant receiver <laughs> I'm gonna on follow, the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to follow him on uh, with the Ruts account. Yeah. <laughs> there just, is no one I have spoken about more on this show yet than Jeff Janis. No, he's killing um, it this year. And it's going to be, you know, I was, I'm thinking like, well, We'll save it for next week. That's right. He has 64,000 followers. Internet's a lovely. It's a big deal. Send him the invite. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> for, a, for a special teams gunner, that's great. That just shows you the power of Packers fans. We will see you guys next week. Follow us on Twitter at RutsFF. We are now officially following Jeff Janis. Tom is at HillierFF. No <laughs> word on whether he's following Jeff Janis. Scott is at WagsFF. I am not following Jeff Janis. <laughs> I am at Why So Serious, and I will be following Jeff Janis as soon as you hear Bruce Springsteen. Play us out. We will see everybody next week. Until next time, keep, keep scoring. Keep